and those kids. And I'm reminded of this every time I come because I hear him, but I forget it. Your pastor's a great singer, too. He's a fantastic preacher, but he's a great singer. And I, I, I what just what a blessed church you are to have, Brother and Sister Fishburne, and what a blessed pastor and pastor's wife they are to have you as a congregation. Hallelujah. And uh, we've got two or three services together, so we'll say some other nice things uh, as we go on, but it is a privilege to be here. Uh, let's preach for a little while tonight, and let's see what God will do for us. Amen? Mark chapter 5 and verse 35 and then Psalm 62. We're going in reverse order tonight. We'll read the New Testament and then the Old. We'll read the New Testament and then the Old. Mark 30, or Mark, excuse me, Mark 5 verse 35. Both of these very familiar passages of Scripture, very familiar. You've read them, you know them. Uh, thankful God kept saying on Brother Isaiah today to tried to do little gymnastics with his vehicle and uh, I guess we'll have to get a new vehicle that one wasn't good at gymnastics so so thank God his hand was on him amen Mark chapter 5 if you're in Mark 5 say amen uh, Mark 5 verse 35 while he yet spake that's Jesus while he yet spake there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? How many's heard this story? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he came in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. They were astonished with a great astonishment. Psalm 62, 11, just one verse of Scripture here. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God power belongeth unto God. I don't have, in fact, most of the time I don't have sermon titles, but I have a subject. So without a sermon title tonight, we're going to preach about the subject of the power of God. And I realize that that's a huge subject and we'll not try to preach the length and breadth of it, but we'll try to preach a slice of it tonight. Okay. And uh, I think I've got probably 30 or 40 good minutes of preaching in me. Do you got 30 minutes of preaching in you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's preach about the power of God. And before we're seated, why don't we just lift our voice one more time and let's invite that power in to touch us again. It already has. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we worship you. 
God, you're great and mighty and powerful. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we praise you. God, we praise you. God, we praise you. God, we praise you. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You can be seated. The power of God. I'm here thankful that you know the power of God tonight. Hallelujah. It's an easy thing as we live for God to grow accustomed to things that are actually really important concepts for us to keep in the forefront of our minds. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword uh, to be in here where the power of God touches us readily, uh, often, all the time, just about as often as we need it in general. Uh, the power of God touches us. And, uh, but there's a lot of concepts that make their way into our subconscious. And it takes intentionality. That's a, that's a modern buzzword for you right there. It takes intentionality. You have to be intentional about keeping those things uh, in the forefront of your mind. But they sneak to the back of our mind. And uh, this happens in part because uh, as apostolics, as children of God, we develop ways of talking that allow us to speak. Uh, and it's good. It allows us to speak in Christian ways. Uh, but at the same time, it reduces the effect of the concept. Uh, I can think off the top of my head of four or five sayings that I personally find very common. And uh, these words that, uh, that carry very important meaning, and yet they are so often used that I forget how powerful they are. Uh, it wasn't too long ago, uh, I, had a, it was, I was in a text, and we'd been, me and this brother we've been texting back and forth and we it wasn't a serious text it was we were and the truth of the matter is we've been kind of goofy and laughing and cutting up and he said something and it had to do with politics if my memory serves me correct it had to do with politics uh, because politics is trying to get in everybody's life now it used to be that politics kind of left you alone a little bit but it's trying to get in everybody and so he said something about politics and I agreed with it. I agreed with what he said. And my, and I never do this, but my response, my text response was, Amen! Exclamation point. Well, the truth of the matter is, Amen doesn't fit there. Uh, I could have said, I agree with you! Exclamation point. Or, right on! Exclamation point. But I said the word, Amen! Exclamation point. But Amen doesn't fit there. Uh, amen fits in a gospel context and in a gospel context alone. Uh, and, and I'm not picking on anybody. If you use the word amen, you ought to use it tonight. But I, but it kind of convicted me. <laughs> it kind of convicted me a little bit. I thought, now, I want you to notice what you've done with that word amen. You've used it in a reduced setting where uh, you're saying amen to something that you might agree with on this level. But the truth of the matter is amen is reserved for things that I agree with on this level. Uh, this is not what we're preaching, but we could for just a minute. That word "amen" is uh, it's it's one of the it's one of the uh, it's one of the base words. Well, well, it, it, it Hebrew. The, are there any Spanish speakers in here tonight? People that speak Spanish. There, there you go. People that speak Spanish in here. Spanish, unlike English, uh, is a is a gendered language. You say things in the masculine and you say things in the feminine. And then there are some things that are neutral, but you say things in masculine and feminine. And so it is with Hebrew. Uh, and uh, the Hebrew word for 
Faith is the word imunah, and it's the feminine, and it means to embrace, to establish something, to hold on to something, to embrace it, and that's imunah. But the masculine form of it, to embrace, is to say amen. Amen. In other words, in the New Testament, that this is not what we're preaching tonight. We're already chasing rabbits up here in Indiana. But that word amen, when you come to the house of God, this is the first way that you mix the word preached with faith. Uh, scripture talks about people that, that they did not mix the word preached with faith and so it had no effect upon them. And, and so when you and I come to the house of God, if we want the word of God to have an effect upon us, the first, the first way that we begin to mix the word preached with faith is saying amen. And, and I know that that's, I know that that's simple. I know that that's basic. But when you hear the man of God say something that you agree with, you're supposed to say, When you hear the man, you got to mix the word preach with faith. When you hear the man get up and say, your miracle's on the way, you got to say. When you hear the man of God get up and preach and say, there's revival on the way. There's good. You've got to mix it with faith. Amen, 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 amen. So, so this is, this is when I said amen, my, my heart kind of smote me a little bit and I haven't done it since. Uh, you can be seated. We're going to preach a long time tonight so y'all don't worry yourself out. So, so. Uh, amen is supposed to be attached to preaching. So, uh, and there are other words. There are other words. Words like uh, praise the Lord, brother. Or praise the Lord, sister. That's our common greeting. But the truth of the matter is that's a command. And, uh, and I don't recommend that you shout every time you go to Walmart or every time you go to the, the hardware store. I mean, if the Holy Ghost tells you to, I'm for it. But you understand, eventually they're going to say, no, look, you can't do that every time you come in here. And so there is, there is the, praise the Lord. These are words that, a command that it has become a common greeting. And these are words that are back here. If you let me make that illustration, it's back here in the subconscious part of my brain, in the subconscious part of your brain that we have to bring to the forward part of our brain. Uh, another word is like the word hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah, halal. Uh, it means to be, it means you've heard this preaching before. It means to be clamorously foolish. And that Yah on the end of Hallelujah is short for Yahweh or Jehovah for us English speaking. Uh, and it literally means to give my whole self to you, Yah. You, this is not odd preaching. You guys know all of this preaching. Hallelujah. So the truth of the matter is Hallelujah is not really something that I say. Hallelujah is something that I do. So, but these kind of things, they can, they can find themselves way back in the, in the, in the subconscious part of our brain. And we say them, and, but it, like in the case of hallelujah, hallelujah isn't something that I'm just supposed to say. Hallelujah is something I'm supposed to do. So, all of these things, all of these concepts are concepts that are very important things to us. You can be seated. And uh, so part of what has to happen when we come to church is we have to reacquaint ourselves with things that are often spoken about but elude us before because we use them so commonly. And uh, it's, it's a reacquaintance, uh, if you will, and the power of the Holy Ghost does that when we come here. Uh, so here at the beginning of this sermon tonight, uh, allow me to say something that is commonly understood. Uh, but if we're not careful, it creeps to the subconscious part of our brain. And tonight we're going to bring it back to the fore. And I, I say it right here at the very beginning. God has all power. 
Hallelujah. I, I know that's something that you know, and I know I'm not telling you a new concept, but let me just reacquaint you with the fact tonight that there is no power except for the God that created, except for the God that saved us. God has all power. Hallelujah. God has all power. Everybody say, God has all power. Hallelujah. And the God that I serve is so powerful that it is incomprehensible. See, all of this is, none of this is unfamiliar language to you. It's the same in my church. None of this is unfamiliar language to you. But God has so much power that it's, it's beyond comprehension. Uh, God's power defies our ability to describe it. God's power defies our ability to put edges on it. It's uh, One songwriter was talking about the kingdom and he said it's so high you can't go over it. It's so low you can't go under it. It's so wide you can't go around it. That's how, that's how our God's power is. It defies our ability to set limits on it. And God's power defies our ability to outmaneuver it too. God simply has all power. Listen, if God's power is reaching for you, you can run to, you can get on a boat and go to Tarshish. Uh, if God's power is coming after you, you can be on the road to Damascus with letters to persecute the saints and to do it legally. But if God's power is after you, God's going to find you and he's going to knock you off of your animal right there. And if God's power is after you, you can go sit on a bar stool. You can stand on a street corner. You can go to the dealer's house. You can be the dealer. But if God's power is after you, he's going to find you because God has all power. God has all power. Hallelujah. Uh, you can be seated. I was reading some different things, as I'm sure all of you have been, about what's going on over in the Ukraine right now. The war that's going on. It's conflict. It's destruction. Uh, it's heartbreaking, some of the photographs. And, and uh, just a couple of days ago, maybe, maybe it's been a week now, I don't know, but uh, just within the last 10 days for sure, uh, the, the largest nuclear plant in Europe, which was in the Ukraine, was seized by the Russian army. Uh, not too many days, maybe the day after, maybe the day before, something like that, the first major city in the nation of the Ukraine fell to Russian control. Uh, and there's death and there's destruction everywhere. And if you're not careful, uh, this is how life is. Uh, there's mask mandates and there's, uh, man, they'd like everybody to get a shot. And they'd, look, if you want to get a shot, that's cool. I might have to get one. I don't, I'm not anti-vax. So, so if you're not careful, you start reading all this stuff. Because all this stuff, uh, I'm up here preaching tonight, but all that stuff's a preacher too. All that, all that stuff's a preacher too. That's just, listen, uh, I know how your pastor preaches. I'm not, I'm not up here trying to pastor, but that's why we don't listen to their music. This is why we don't watch their movies. This is why we don't. That's a preacher too. And, and I'm not trying to walk in areas that I'm not supposed to walk in right now. You got a good, you got an excellent man of God, but this is this is the thing. There's th there's certain things that you have to draw the line and say I'm not going to let you preach to me anymore. I'm not going to let you declare anything to me anymore. I'm not going to. You don't get to preach your sermon to me. And so 
when I'm reading about the Ukraine or I'm reading about mask mandates and I'm reading about this and I'm reading about that and all of these things that are going on in the world right now, if you're not careful, all of those things begin to affect your mind and the way you think. And you begin to think that there's real power behind them. But the truth of the matter is power belongs to God. The truth of the matter is nobody has power except for God gives it to them. So, so I have to remind myself in the midst of, you can be seated. I have to remind myself in the midst of all of this that God has all power. And I have to reacquaint myself with the fact, and I have to do it in times of prayer. I have to reacquaint myself with that fact, and I have to do it in times of prayer. Uh, I must actually, I can't just be, I can't just have, uh, I can't just have that, and I can't just have the fact that God has all power somewhere in the back recesses of my mind. And it's not even enough uh, to even just pull it to the front of my mind, to the forefront of my thinking. But uh, I have to actually reacquaint myself with the fact that God has all power and I have to do it in prayer. Uh, children of God, part of our praying, part of our prayer is acknowledging and participating with the fact that God has all power. Uh, his disciples were asking him, Lord, teach us to pray. How should we pray? And the Lord said, uh, Matthew 6 and 9, he said, after this manner, therefore pray ye. This is what the Lord said. Notice this. He's giving it after this manner. Maybe we could say after this pattern. He doesn't say repeat these words, but he says after these, after this manner. And, uh, man, uh, and he says, after this manner, therefore pray ye our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know it, say it with me. Give us this day our daily bread. By the way, that's why you know you got to pray every day. You don't pray, for, you don't ask for daily bread on a weekly basis. You ask for daily bread on a daily basis. Give us this day. Say it with me. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here comes the preaching part. For thine is the kingdom and the power. Ah, let's preach that for just a second. For thine is the kingdom and the power. For thine is the kingdom and the power. That means God, Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh said, when you talk to me, one of the things you're supposed to do is reacquaint yourself that God, that I have all power. Come on, if you believe that God's got all power, let's give him praise for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of my... Favorite story. Look at your neighbor and say, God has all power. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament, you can be seated. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament was the story of a man who was carried by four friends to the rooftop of a house where Jesus was preaching on the inside. And I don't know how they knew where he was at. Maybe they looked in a window. Maybe, I don't know. But they climbed up on the top of the roof and maybe it was made out of thatch. Uh, but the, the Hebrew houses that I've seen reconstructions of weren't made out of thatch. Uh, there's timbers in them, and, it, and it's made out of stone, and there's, a, there's, a, there's some solidity to them. It's not just thatch. It's not just lightweight stuff. But Scripture says that he was in the house speaking, preaching, and uh, they tore the roof off, and they lowered him down. Let me read it to you, Luke 5 and 17. And it came to pass on a certain day. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I, I jumped stories. Forgive me. I'm in Luke 5. 
5 and 17, we're in a different story. And it came to pass on a certain day. Let me just make the point with this. Let me just make the point with the guy that's on the roof, okay, before we just get sidetracked. Sometimes if you're going to get in touch with the power of God, you've got to tear some things up. That's the point that I just about skipped right there. Sometimes if you're going to get in the presence of God where his power is at, you've got to tear some things up. Luke 5 and 17. Now let me read that. We won't skip over everything. I'll read that now. Luke 5 and 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town in, of Galilee and, and Judea and Jerusalem. And listen to what it says. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. If you need a healer today, let me just stop for just a second and ask somebody, has anybody in the house ever been healed by the miraculous power of Jesus Christ? Is there anybody in here who's ever, God's ever made a way for you financially that if he didn't do it, you didn't know how it was going to happen? Is there anybody in the house that God kept your marriage together? Well, don't wave, wave your hand on that. Is there anybody in the house that God's ever opened a door? You got the job that you weren't supposed to get. You got the... Could you just wave your hand? Could you just give God some praise tonight because of his power? Hallelujah. 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 And you know, we spend large amount of time preaching and teaching about God and uh, I would like to think that as time goes on that we get a better understanding that we get a firmer grip on God um, I would like to think that I know him better today than I did when I first began um, it's nice to think that I know more about how he works. Um, it's nice to think that I understand his ways a little bit better than when I started walking with him. Uh, and we ought to know more about God today than when we began to walk with him. Amen. But really, as much as I enjoy and have enjoyed getting to know him, the truth of the matter is, really, part of God's appeal Part of the thing that's attractive to me about God, part of what is so, uh, it's so enchanting, part of his appeal to me is that God is something, someone that I can't really wrap my mind around him totally. Uh, I really don't know if it would even be desirable to be able to catch everything about God. Uh, sometimes I want God to work for me and all I want to be able to say is I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Uh, sometimes I want him to make a way and I want to, all I want to do is be able to shake my head and raise my hands and say I don't know why he did it, but he did it. Uh, uh, I want God to retain that splendor, that majesty. I want God to be in my conscious and my consciousness as something that whose power is so far above anything else that I know. Bottom line, 
I still want God to blow my mind. Does anybody else feel that way? I still want God to blow my mind. You may know them. You may know them. You can be seated. Brother and sister Ryder, my good friend, Brother Julian Ryder, pastors of church now in West Monroe, Louisiana. And uh, they were at our church five or six years ago, preaching 2015. No, so that's been like seven years ago. Good grief. All of our kids got big in that time, and I've apparently started down the mental decline hill. Can't keep. So, But uh, they were at our church preaching, and uh, they were having trouble having the baby. And they were just, you know, that's not one of those things that you tell everybody about. It's, it's a kind of a, just one of those things. And, uh, and they, they were kind of quiet about it, and they were really wondering if they should start worrying about it in a, in a very significant way. You know, should, we, should we start worrying about it? Should we go see a doctor and this and that? And uh, they were on the platform uh, one night, and uh, I believe it was my mom and some ladies in the church. They laid hands on Brother and Sister Ryder. They began to pray uh, that they would have a baby. I believe it was about, uh, I think it was a little bit less than six months later, we got a phone call. The Ryders had had an automobile accident in uh, just across the Mississippi line from Alabama. And uh, if you know anything about Alabama uh, geography, that's r- they're right on I-20. They're headed west. And they had an automobile accident. It wasn't their fault, but they had an automobile accident. And they rushed both brother and sister Ryder to the hospital. And uh, he called me on the way to the hospital. I think he was in the ambulance when he called me. And he said, hey, do you have anybody in Tuscaloosa that can come get me? And I said, hey, my mom and dad's on their way down there right now. I said, they'll come to you right now. So my mom and dad went down there to them in the hospital. And uh, while my mom was in there, uh, the brother Ryder was one in one emergency room. Sister Ryder was in the other. And they were both on the gurneys. And the doctor walked into Sister Ryder's room. And he said, well, uh, Miss Ryder, he said, both you and your baby are okay. Yeah, and now they got two little boys. I don't know if they're going to have any more, but they got two little boys. I'm going to tell you, God's got all power. God's got all power. Hallelujah. I I remember when I was a little boy. I I remember when I was a little boy. We're talking about the power of God tonight, if that's okay. I remember being a little boy, and uh, we were in, this is the third church building that that Cornerstone has been in since I've been there. It started in a brush harbor, but the second building they built, they they. It was actually true two by fours. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, industry strand, industry standards. You know where's it? it? It was true two by fours, and they had big old uh, flat nails. Whatever, whatever those nails. Some of you that are real smart know what all oh, that is. And uh, so we always called it the little white church. You can be seated. Well, was, look, we're just talking about the power of God tonight. It's just us in here. You can sit down, and relax. And uh, if, uh, so we were in the little white church, and I remember man coming up and at the time he came to the church and he uh he had a had a he'd broken his arm and had a uh it's the first time i'd ever seen somebody that had broken their arm that didn't have a cast on because i'd broken my arm and had casts my brother had broken his arms and had casts but he had a one of these little velcro deals and they, they had him velcroed up and it was like a brace and uh and when he took it off he, he went up he came up to get prayer and when he took it off boy you could you could tell boy he sure did break that arm look at that Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. look at that you know it's, and so he took that brace off and he said just 
He said, I remember him telling my dad, just pastor, just lay hands on it and pray for it. And so it, it, they laid hands on it and prayed for it. And I remember the man beginning to dance and shout all over the front of the auditorium as that place where you could absolutely tell that his arm was broken was made completely, it looked completely normal. And the man began to dance across the front, began to dance across the front of the auditorium. Because God's got all power. God's got all power. God's got all power. And I had, I had a, you can be seated. We just, we, we're preaching and uh, there was a man, uh, I, before I, in my early 20s, my early 20s, I was just kind of getting started preaching. And uh, I didn't get to go to many places to preach except for uh, the Spanish-speaking churches. The problem is I can't speak Spanish. I mean, I can understand it some, but you got to go real slow. You know what I mean? And so, but I, I thought, well, if they'll let me preach there, I'll, I'll go preach. I mean, if they're willing to, I, I learned how to say, in the nombre de Jesus, habla en lenguas. In the name of Jesus, speak in tongues. That's how I worked the altar. In the nombre de Jesus, habla en lenguas. Speak in tongues. Yeah, see? See, me and you, we understand one another. And so, so I'm preaching at these little churches. Well, my friend was one of them that was starting one. And uh, he would go down to uh, Sonora, Mexico. And he, he pastored his little church in Sacramento. And he would go down to Sonora. And he'd start, I think he started like seven different churches in Sonora, Mexico. Fantastic. Fantastic. And one of the ways that he would do it is he'd get on the radio. Uh, and he would get on the Spanish-speaking radio station. And he would get on there and he would teach on Bible studies and he would preach. And sometimes I would do it with him. And uh, he got on there and was preaching. And uh, he got a Bible study out of it. He got a Bible study out of it. So they invited him over to the house. And it was a, a, a mom and a daughter. And he was teaching them a home Bible study. And while he was teaching them a home Bible study, the Holy Ghost fell. I'm telling you, God's got all power. And while he was teaching them a home Bible study, the Holy Ghost fell there in the living room. And he ended up praying the mom through. And he ended up praying the daughter through to the Holy Ghost. And while they were there talking in tongues, I guess the Holy Ghost just really fell in the living room. I wasn't there. He told us, he was testifying to this later, and the, I guess the Holy Ghost must have really fallen in the, in the living room because while they were in there worshiping God and talking in other tongues, uh, the ant came over that lived just a few doors down. And they walked in and everybody was speaking in tongues, so he prayed the ant through to the Holy Ghost. And then a niece came over and he prayed the niece through to the Holy Ghost. And then a brother came over and he prayed the brother through to the Holy Ghost. And there was five or six of them that got the Holy Ghost in that living room that day. And God's got all power. And let me just tell you something. In Huntington, Indiana, God could do that in Huntington, Indiana. God could do that in this area. God could do that in this region. And he could use you to do it. He could use you to do it. God's got all power. God's got all power. Oh, come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, come on, let's give him some praise for a moment. Somebody shout at the top of your lungs for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It wasn't too long ago 
there was a young man that I was praying for, praying for him a lot. Praying for him a lot. I'm talking about the power of God. I, I, I never wouldn't get to see him a lot. I was talking on the phone. And uh, one day, I, I don't, well, none of you have ever been to my church except for your pastor's family. Maybe some of you have. And you can walk, as you walk into the platform, you can go down a hallway or you can walk it right in the back door of the auditorium. Well, normally I walk down the hallway, and for some reason, that day, I walked in the back door of the auditorium. We're talking about God's got all power. God's got power. And uh, so I walked in the back door of the auditorium. Don't know why I do it. Now I do it just to see what will happen. But I walked in the back door, and I saw his back. I, I'm, I'm behind all of the, I'm, I'm, if, 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 this, if we're kind of orienting ourselves, I'm kind of in this back corner, and I walk in, and I see his back about halfway down. I recognize his hairdo, and, uh, and I walk up, and I just put my arm on him and said, hey, man, how you doing? He said, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. And the song service was going on, and, it's, and, you know, it's good Sunday morning church. You know, it's like we had here in here tonight. We had good touch of the Holy Ghost going, and I just put my arm around him. I said, man, I'm glad you're here. I said, you going to preach with me? He said, well, he said, I really came. I'm talking to you about the power of God here. He said, I really came so you could just pray, pray me through the Holy Ghost. Okay. 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 I said, well, I tell you what. I said, uh, as soon as altar call is given, he, I said, you just come up there, man. I'll pray you through. He said, no. He said, why don't you just take me, said, just take me up to the front. No, that's what he said. I said, well, uh, he, he said, well, just, no, just pray me through right now. And I said, oh. So I laid my hand on his chest and he said, well, no, no, no. He said, just take me up to the front. Take me up to the altar. That's like stepping in cold water. You know, I wasn't expecting that. You can't sneak up on me with good news like that. I do better with bad news. I'm just kidding. So we walked up to the, we walked up to the altar. And I'm going to tell you, he was ready to talk in tongues before we got up there. And he, and he lifted his hands. He lifted his hands, and I prayed him through to the Holy Ghost, and he was having trouble with his chest. He had some chest pain. And uh, we prayed him through, and he was talking in other tongues, and he put his arms down. He said, give me just a second. And so I prayed him through to the Holy Ghost again. And uh, the Holy Ghost was on him. By that time, my wife had made her way over there. And so my wife prayed him through to the Holy Ghost again. And then my dad prayed him through to the Holy Ghost. Look, I don't know if you believe in praying people through four times, but we did it on a Sunday morning. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. And they're here in Huntington just like that. There's answers to prayer. There's demonstrations of God's power. Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to close with this. We, we, I got another page of notes, but we're not going to do that. I'm going to close with this right here. I'm going to close with this. God, power has a way of working in situations that seem they're not just difficult. They're off kilter. They're situations that, um, that uh, we can't even respond in, in, a, in a normal way to them. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll close with this, but I'm just telling you, God's got power. There was a, when I was in my early twenties, there was in, uh, in Yuba city, California in Marysville, California, due North of Sacramento on, on, uh, highway 99. There was a, they would take 
Chinese refugees, people that would stow themselves away on a ship and they would make themselves known 24 hours out of port so that once the ship had sailed for 24 hours, they couldn't, they couldn't call an aircraft and take them back to China. So they would stow away. They would find some way to keep themselves comfortable and keep themselves from, from blacking out or something terrible happening to them. And they would stow away on the ship and then 24 hours out of port, they would make themselves known and they would be thrown into a hold on the ship. And then when they, when they arrived in San Francisco, they were taken to Marysville and Yuba City. The ladies went to Marysville and the men went to Yuba. So the young men from the church, some of the young men from the church every Saturday, I think it was Saturday, maybe it was Fridays, but in my mind it was on Saturdays, and we would go up to Yuba City, uh, and we would talk to these people, and we would teach them home Bible studies. The problem with it, the problem with it was the only way we could talk to them, they wouldn't let us in there with them, the only way we could talk to them was through the glass. Eventually they let, them, let us in there with them to baptize them, but, but to have these long sessions with them, could talk to them through the glass, and we couldn't set, it, set up any kind of church service like this. We're talking about the power of God in, in situations that's just awkward. It seems like everything, everything that you're doing is at a disadvantage. And, uh, and so they're sitting there on the other side of this glass, Sister Fishburn, and, and you've got this little deal. Sometimes they have a little deal in the glass, and then sometimes they have a little button that you push, and it's kind of a microphone situation. And we talk to them, and we teach them home Bible study. And uh, I don't know any Chinese either. I don't know any Chinese. So me and uh, Sister Charity, she was Chinese, and she had done the same thing. Her name was Sister Charity Wu, spelled W-U, Charity Wu. Uh, she would translate for me, and I, I had the gift for picking the wrong word. I could say one English word, and it would take them 10 Chinese words to say it. Or, or, I, or a man, I think it was Mandarin. I think Mandarin is the language that they're speaking. There's no, anyway. Or I would say 10 words in English and she'd say two words in Mandarin. And you're like, is that it? That's done here. And they, there was nobody saying amen. We're talking about being in, God's power is there when we're in awkward situations and it seems like everything that we would normally count in our wheelhouse as Pentecostals where, man, if you just come in there where we're shouting and huck a bucket, man, we could pray you through. But, the, but God has power when we're in situations that just... And so we're sitting there across that glass, sitting there across that glass, and uh, we've talked to these people, and they're stone-faced. It, it, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm not stereotyping, it, it was just, it was very, you're dealing with a different culture, with a Chinese, with an Asian culture, and they don't respond the same way. It's not like preaching to us or preaching to, and so they're sitting there across this deal, and we're going through these little Bible studies, and Sister Charity's helping me. And nothing is happening. You're like, let's just go home. And we would get done. And Sister Charity would say, are you done? Brother Wilbanks said, yes, ma'am, I'm done. And she'd say, okay, do you believe? And she'd say, this is what she's saying in Chinese and Mandarin to them. Do you believe what we've just talked about? Yes. They'd say, okay, well, stand up. Stand up, I'd stand up. And sometimes, Brother Fishburne, they'd put their hand on the glass, and sometimes they'd lean forward. And we'd reach up, and we'd either lay hands as close as we could through that glass on their forehead, or we'd reach up and touch where their hand was at. And I'm telling you, God, would the Holy Ghost would fill those men. 
And if you don't believe me, one of them, I believe his name is Daniel. There was one named Daniel and one named David. They all took biblical names. Uh, one of them's name was Daniel. One of them's name was David. I believe it's Daniel that's married to Sister Charity now. And they've got a church started, a, a, an Asian church in Sacramento and maybe in the Bay Area. And they're preaching the gospel in Chinese uh, to the Chinese people. I'm telling you, you are not at a disadvantage at any point in your life. God has all power. Power belongs to God. I don't have time to get to the text tonight, but let me just touch it. God, as one songwriter said, God can show up late. God can show up late and still be there on time. God could show up when a 12-year-old girl is laying in the deathbed and everybody's already said, don't trouble the master, it's already too late. But it's never too late with God. They could have already put the man in the grave like Lazarus for four days. But when the power of God shows up, God, we don't know how we're going to make it through these days, but God's power, God's not bewildered by this at all. God, just hold on to him. God's got power. God's got power. So, so here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. I'm going to do this like I was at home. This is where we're at. We need God's power. I, I would say this to us in Coleman just this way. We need God's power right now like we've never needed it before. I, I'm, I'm, I've got an education. I'm impressed with people that take the time and the discipline to go through that. But this isn't a time to let your education shine. This is a time to let the power of God shine. And we're not for being dummies. But we're for, act we are for activating the power of God that is in our life. And it's in this room tonight. The power of God's in this room tonight. And we're going to come to this altar here in just a minute. But we're going to start like this. I want you to just lift your hands. And I want you to, sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to turn up the heat by turning up the volume. Sometimes turning up the heat means turning up the volume. And I want you to just begin to pray right now until the power of God begins to touch us again in this room. He's already in here. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Come on. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, you're good. God, you're good. God, you're good. Somebody acknowledge his power. All power. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Some of you need to begin to pray about some situations where it's only God's power that can get it done. You open the eyes of the blind. Hallelujah. 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 